Thanks for joining us on Our Father's House's weekly podcast, A Place to Find God. Each week we bring you a sermon from our Sunday services where you can be uplifted and grow in Jesus on the go. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online by going to ofhorangeburg.com. We'd love to get to know you. Now let's get to this week's message. Come on, give the Lord some praises, everybody. Hallelujah. That's it. Put those hands together and give the Lord a praise. Glory to God. Now lift those hands up and tell him, so Lord, I love you. Say that Osaka. Come on, Lord, I love you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, somebody. Give him some praises. Give him some praises. Praises in the room. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. We worship you, Lord. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, God. We welcome your presence here, Lord. We give your name glory. We give your name honor today, Lord. You deserve all of the glory that we could ever offer to you, God. God, you said, Lord, you checked to see if there were any other gods and nobody responded. Nothing responded. So, God, you concluded, God. Not that there's no God like you, but there is no other God beside you. Father, we acknowledge just who you are right now. We acknowledge your presence. In the room right now, God, we bow down to your presence right in the name of Jesus. God, we charge everything in our lives, Lord, to bow down to you, Rabbi Those anxieties, Lord, those cares, concerns, God, we hand them all over to you right now. God, we hand this service, Lord, to you. We pray, God, that you will speak to our hearts, Lord, by the power of your spirit. We command flesh to subside right now. We pray for a release of your spirit in the room. Have your way, Lord. Have your way here. We commit ourselves into your hands right now. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout, in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody shout, in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody shout it loud, in the name of Jesus. Yes, Hallelujah, Jesus. My Bible told me, said, in the name, at the name of Jesus, what every knee. Shall bow. 
in every tongue confess that he is Lord to the glory of God. You may be seated. We thank God for, amen, his presence in the room on today. Certainly, God is here, and we want to acknowledge his presence. And I also acknowledge the fact that because his presence is here, his purpose is to be wrought in the room. Amen. God never goes anywhere without purpose. All right? He never goes, he never shows up anywhere without purpose. So if he's here, that means he has purpose. Amen. To handle while here on today. You ought to lift your hand and say, Lord, include me in on your purpose today. Oh, God, thank you, Lord. Amen. I, I want to say this, first of all, before we get into the lesson, I want to say thank God for those of you that uh, helped us out on yesterday. We had our uh, prophetic encounter on yesterday, um, culminating our six weeks of Bible study on ministerial operation, and God really taught us some powerful truths inside of that lesson for the last six weeks, and um, we culminated it yesterday with our prophetic encounter. Uh, we had Bishop uh, Theodos White here ministering to us concerning the releasing of our spiritual gifts, and uh, um, I, I was just excited to see many of you all that were, you know, you moved out inside of the releasing of your spiritual gifts. Amen. And uh, we're looking for the Lord to do even more with that. One of, the, the heart, one of my heart's desire is that we, the people of God, acknowledge, amen, what God has ordained for our lives, and we move out in it. I have my responsibility as pastor, amen, but every one of you also have your responsibility and your calling inside of the body of Christ, and that's one of my heart's desire to see the body of Christ come into Amen. That that they had, God has ordained for their lives. I want to thank God for those of you that helped to make that uh, event on yesterday a success. I want to especially acknowledge, Amen, our sister Sharon Glover. Amen. Wave your hand, Sharon. Amen. Um, we have this terminology, we have this phraseology when we're addressing somebody because of what they're doing. We say, You ain't nothing but the truth. Amen. So Sharon, you ain't nothing but the truth. Amen. Amen. She was the one that was responsible for the layout uh, of the food on yesterday. And uh, um, amen. I, I don't believe anybody went home hungry unless you just decided on your own. Amen. But she had a tremendous layout on yesterday. Everything, amen, was laid out so beautifully. And um, we want to say thank you to Sharon. Come on, give the Lord a praise for Sharon. Amen. She's, she's tapping her husband on the shoulder. Amen. Thank God for Sean. Amen. Praise God. We, we thank God for Sean. Amen. She was, the, she was the power behind, amen, the source. Amen. But we thank God for Sean. Uh, um, I'm excited about the Lord today. Uh, we thank God for our online audience on today. Come on, give the Lord a praise for our online audience. <clears throat> Amen. Thank God for being with us. I want to share a word with us on this morning, one that God has placed in my heart to share on today. Um, and um, I, I trust that as a result of this word on today, 
you will be challenged uh, um, to move more aggressively inside of your journey, inside of your walk with God. God has been challenging us for the last six weeks to two months concerning ministerial operations. And inside of that, God has also been talking to us about the love of God and how uh, we are to embrace the love of God. And I, I want you to understand something that if you're going to do anything for God as a servant of God, you must always do it in love. Amen. Otherwise, you're not a full representative of God because God is love. And if I'm going to represent God, everything I do, I must do it inside of love because that's who God is. If you want to be a minister for God, then you must embrace the love of God. But I want to share this word that God has given uh, me to share on today. Um, you that have your Bibles, turn with me to Colossians, the second chapter. And um, the sixth, we'll start at the sixth verse. And also, I, I believe I'll go to Acts, the 17th chapter. And I think it is the 28th verse. If it's not, I'll find it when I get over there. Acts 2 and 6. And it says, as ye therefore as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the traditions of men, after the rudiment of this world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principalities and power. I'm going to be taking my thought today for this particular lesson from the 10th verse, that first uh, phrase which says, and ye are complete in him. I want you to look at your neighbor and look at him and look him square in the eye and say, neighbor, if you're born again, you are complete in him. Now, I, I, I want to challenge us on today as we move through this lesson. I want to challenge us to accept the truth of God's word. There are some things that God says in his word a lot of time that does not automatically uh, uh, um, agree with our spirit. And I say our spirit, not the spirit of God. Because there are some things that we have been trained all of our lives to uh, 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 embrace. But sometimes when God speaks a word, it, it's, wait, wait a minute, it, it sounds good, but is it really true? And as we look at this particular word on today, ye are complete in him. That's an awesome truth. I, I want you to take your arms like this and, and I want you to fold it across your chest. It said, I am complete in him. Let's go to Acts the 17th chapter and uh, the 28th verse. 
Acts 17, 28, it says, For in him we live and move and have our being. As certain also of your own prophets have said, for we are also his offspring. Now, I, I, as students of the word, as students of the Bible, and I, I trust that every one of you here are either a student of the Bible or you have made a declaration that you will become a student of the word. Because it is necessary for every believer to be a student of the word. Okay. You, 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 you got to give yourself over to the word of God. The Bible talks about uh, the word of God being a what? Lamp to our feet and what? A, a light unto our pathway. In other words, as we walk this journey called life, uh, the word of God is that that illuminates our pathway so that we can see where we're going. But if I'm not a student of the word of God, I may find myself walking down pathways that I don't know where I'm going. Uh, the Bible says, ye shall know the truth, and the truth which shall do what? Make you free. Can I challenge you here today? Knowing the truth is more than just you coming to church on Sunday morning and sitting in a Sunday morning service and hearing your pastor preach. Knowing the truth means that I give myself over to turning these pages for myself. I remember when Paul was preaching one of his messages and the Bible said that there was a group of people in the church called the Bereans. And the Bible said after Paul had preached the word, the Bereans went home and picked up their Bibles and began to search the scriptures concerning what Paul had preached. They were students of the word. Now, I will stand here today and, and say that uh, whenever I stand behind this pulpit or I take on this mic, uh, it is my endeavor to give to you what God says. Okay. But I want you to take this challenge uh, that while I believe Bishop is an oracle of God, I'm going to take my Bible and search it out. Come on. We all need to become students of the word. Okay, that's not even my message. But as we look at my message for today, complete in him, Paul here, as he was addressing the Colossian church, there were different churches that Paul delivered messages to. And when Paul was addressing the Colossians church, and, and let me challenge you here, as you uh, uh, begin to study the word of God, let me give you a tidbit here. One of the keys to studying the word of God is always uh, 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 seek to study it inside of the context of how 
or to who it was written. Okay. It does not mean that there are not certain truths that you can just pull out and embrace and digest. But if you want to understand the heart of God, if you want to understand what God is talking about, uh, read it inside of his context uh, so that now you're understanding why God said that to these people. Okay, we, 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 we look at the scripture in Corinthians, the second chapter, and when Paul was talking to the Corinthians, he said, now, uh, 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 we are not ignorant of Satan's device. And, and that's a powerful truth. We should never be ignorant of Satan's device. But I, when we look at it inside of the context of what Paul was saying, uh, Paul was addressing the Corinthians church because of an incident that happened in the church that he had addressed previously. And now as he was looking at what, was, what had the possibility of transpiring, Paul gave them instructions how to go back and readdress the situation is not because uh, Paul said uh, I'm, we're not ignorant of, of, of Satan's device. We understand how the enemy can come in and wreak havoc. I, I, I'm, I'm sharing this with you because it is my desire to activate in the people of God ought to stimulate you to develop or cultivate a healthy appetite for the word of God. I think it was Job said this. Job said, I esteem God's word more than what? My necessary food. <laughs> I believe all of us here, most of us here love food, ackee and sawfish, you, you, you know, chicken, fried chicken. Come on, I mean, y'all, come on, y'all. But Job said, when I found out the power of the word of God, I found out, Jeanette, that the word of God is more powerful for me than my necessary food. Come on. So now when we look at this particular <clears throat> book here that Paul addresses, Paul here is addressing the church at the city of Colossae or the Colossian church. And now if you understand uh, this particular area here that Paul was ministering to, and I say ministering to and not ministering in because uh, Paul was not the one that birthed out the church of Colossae. The Bible said Epaphroditus was the one that birthed out the church. Paul was just the overseer. And after Paul had heard about what had happened in Colossians, Paul understood the region. And here Paul began to right to the church here in Colossae. Now, you got to understand now, Colossae was a region that was uh, uh, under Judaistic teachings. And when I say Judaistic teaching, uh, Judaistic teaching is a teaching now that actually centers on God focusing on man's ability, okay, or man's intellect, 
we live in a society today that uh, we've pushed God to the side and now we have uh, 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 embraced man's ability to do whatever and, 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 and not God, okay? So much so now that even in the church we have a lot of folk now instead of just totally giving themselves over to God, I, I, I look at God as it relates to my own ability. So here Paul here address, addressing this church at Colossae. And um, if you read throughout this particular entire book, the book of Colossians was one that challenged the mentality of the people there and warned them against trusting in worldly wisdom and their natural abilities to accomplish things. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I don't care how smart you are. Okay, you can say it. They're not going to bother you, not while they're in church. Look at it and say, I don't care how smart you are. Look at it and say, I don't care what kind of abilities you have. Look at it and say, without God, you're still nothing. Now, as we move inside of this particular lesson here, I'm, I'm trying to carefully uh, 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 walk us through this because I want us to see why the scripture here in Colossians, the second chapter, is so important for us. When we look at here Paul addressing these folk, smart folk. How many of y'all think you're smart? And I don't mean that, you know, sarcastically because I consider myself smart, you know. Can I share something with you? It does not mean, Peter, that my intellect or my abilities are unusable with God. Okay, because I don't want to give you the mentality that you're to take your intellect and throw it. No, no, no. But what I do want you to see is the fact that because I do have a, 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 a certain intellectual uh, um, ability or certain natural abilities, uh, if I take that and place it in the hand of God. Come on. You see, let me share something with you. Some of you all are smart intellectually, academically, because God wants to take that and use it for his glory. Some of you all have natural abilities that God has allowed you all to uh, develop or cultivate because he wants you to get to the place now that you surrender that into his hand and he use it for his glory. But never get to the place that you start thinking that I have this ability and I have this intellect and I don't need God anymore. Come on. I don't care where you go. I don't care what you do. You are going to always need God. We sang the song growing up as uh, Peter just said, without God, I will be what? Nothing. 
Without him, I would what? Fail. Without him, I would be drifted like a ship without a sail. And here Paul, after he had gotten a word from Epaphroditus concerning uh, the church here in Colossians, uh, he, 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 he really began to uh, uh, toss that in his spirit. And, and we find here in the ninth verse of the first chapter, Paul said, after I heard about your conversion, I immediately began to pray. I began to pray that you would be filled with, uh, amen, the knowledge of his wisdom. Mm. In all understanding, Paul, Paul, Paul said, now, uh, uh, I understood where you were and what's going on. And because of that, I understand, amen, the trappings that the enemy may have for you. So Paul said, I began to pray that in the midst of your movement spiritually, that you will be filled with all the knowledge of God's will. If it's one thing that I want to see in the lives of those that I minister to is that you be filled with all of the knowledge of God's will for your lives. Okay, I can have a knowledge of God's will for your life because there's some time that God may allow me to peep in to what he has ordained for your lives. And, and that's good because it is my responsibility, our responsibility as pastors to help cultivate that. But if you don't understand what it is that God has ordained for your lives, you may find yourself fighting against what we are trying to cultivate. God may, because of what God allowed me to see in your life, Sernet, God may instruct me to deal with Sernet this way. Now, if you don't have a knowledge of God's will for your life and, and you still over here thinking this, uh, when I come to you with instructions from God, there's a, a great chance that you may resist. Come on. So here Paul said, I, I began to pray that God will fill you with the knowledge of his will. Lift your hand and say, God, fill me with the knowledge of your will for my life. Mm. How can you please God if you don't know what he wants from you? us to look at something here because Paul was a very passionate man. Paul was a very passionate. When, when Paul uh, received his calling from God on the road to Damascus, uh, Paul immediately embraced a passion and a compassion for his mission. And Paul was very passionate. And here Paul, here, uh, as he was addressing the church here in Colossians, he said, I want you to be filled with all of the knowledge of, with, with the, all of the knowledge of the will of God concerning your life with all wisdom and understanding. But then he said, now, because I, I, you, you, you got to understand something. Mm. I mean, he believed, now understand that a lot of time as believers, there are mindsets that need to be challenged 
in our lives. <laughs> I, I, I love doing this, and I guess I, I, I'm saying something that you all probably already know. I love doing this. I love you speaking to your neighbor. Because what that does, that takes some, sometimes a lot of the onus off of me because it ain't me saying it, but you saying it to them. <laughs> but when we look here at Paul, Paul said, now, you got to understand the knowledge of God's will for your lives. But then now he said, now, when I look at you, he said, now, if there's one thing you need to understand, you need to understand now that you have experienced mm, the residency, I'll say that, the residency of God in your lives. And the reason why I say the residency of God in your lives, because when you were born again, he took up residence in you. But if I don't understand the essence of that, I will miss out on all of the purpose of it. Paul said here, now, you got to understand something here. You got to understand the knowledge of his will. But he said, now also, and we look at the 13th verse, he said, now, what I do want you to understand now that being born again, you were translated from the kingdom of darkness. And now you were transplanted into the kingdom of light. Now, all of that sounds very good. It, it sounds good, but if you don't understand what God is saying inside of that, you're in the kingdom of light, but still acting like you're in the kingdom of darkness. But you got to understand that in that translation from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, you are translated into a whole new way of life, a whole new order. The problem is, is that because we don't have a knowledge of his will, because we don't understand, we are now in the kingdom of God. Still acting like children of darkness. Come on. In the kingdom of God. Mm. We have been birthed, Andrea, into a whole new culture. And I want to uh, 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 direct it that way because when you talk about culture, you're talking about a way of life that has been adopted by a people that they are to walk inside of. When we went to Jamaica, there was a culture in Jamaica that Jamaicans had already embraced uh, that if we were to be able to be fluid inside of our movement, we had to embrace a lot of the culture. 
A lot of you all that have moved here to America, there's a different culture here than in Jamaica. So you have to embrace the culture here. Because there are different ways of doing things. There are different ways of accomplishing things. And when we come into the kingdom of God, if we don't understand that there is a different culture here, stop thinking that you can do it yourself. We were trained early in our lives that it's me, myself, and I. If anything is to be happened, you got to do it yourself. You got to take care of it yourself. God takes care of those that takes care of themselves. And we've been trained, Sean, all of our lives and problems come. You go take care of that. Now, listen, there's nothing wrong with that <laughs> if we understand God. The reason why I say that is because, okay, problems come in my life, and, and I'm not just going to sit back and just do whatever. But now that I have been birthed into the kingdom of God, I realize now, Sean, that I have subjected myself to another power source. Come on. Before I met God, my power source was me. Come on, I handle my problems. But now that I am a kingdom child, you ought to lift your hand and say, I'm a child of the king. Now that I'm a kingdom child, I got to accept the fact that now there is a different power source now. Come on. And because there is a different power source now, I don't have to depend, Brother Glenn, on my own abilities. I don't have to worry about when situations come in my life and I look at my own assets and my own abilities and say, well, I can't handle that. No, I don't have to worry about that because in God, whatever comes my way, God has the power to deal with it. But if I don't understand that, I will find myself in life as a believer doing and dealing with situations the same way unbelievers. Oh, my God, I can't handle that. Oh, Lord, this is a big one here. But what we got to understand now is that in Christ, Paul said in Philippians, the fourth chapter, he said, I can do what? All things. How? Through Christ, not in my own abilities. That's a mentality that we have to embrace. In the kingdom of God, there's a different thinking process. I got to start thinking different. Steve Harvey said this, and I, I think he, had, I got, he wrote a book, Think Like a Man, and it became a bestseller. While it sounds good, men, and there may be some um, 
applicable truths in that as relates to how men deal with situations. But don't fool yourself. Don't get caught up there. I'm not concerned, Coffee, with getting you to think like a man. I want you to think like God. Come on. There are philosophies that are taught in our society that sounds good, but the objective is to pull you as far away from God as possible. But I'm thinking like a man. And let's cross the gender line because, uh, you know, I want us to understand when we talk about thinking like a man, I'm talking about thinking like mankind. Once we are birthed into the family of God and to the kingdom of God, we got to be willing to abort that thinking process. Why do you think the Bible tells us in Romans the 12th chapter and said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you do what? Present your bodies a living sacrifice, what? Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your what? Reasonable service and what? Be not conformed to this world. But do what? Be transformed how? As long as I keep thinking like a man, like a natural man, I'm, my actions and my behavior are going to be conformed to the things of the world. When situations come, I'm knocked out. That's the way the world deal with situation. But then you read the Bible in uh, uh, Matthew 5. It says, you are the light of the world. What does that mean to you? You are the light of the world. That means that your life, your behavior should present light to somebody. Okay. Now, Michelle, if you are the light of the world, that means there's somebody in your arena of influence that is being affected by worldly mentalities. And God allow you to go through the same thing that they are going through. How do you be light to them if you react the same way they react? Come on. You see, we got to understand our actions and our reactions are a product of our thinking. And if I'm thinking like you're thinking, <laughs> I'm going to react and act like you're acting. But now that I am a son of God, this is what Paul was saying. Paul said, I, I, I got to get you all to understand something. You all are a great people. You all are admirable. You're uh, philosophical. You're you're you're." People that uh, 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 have intellectual abilities. But Paul said, now that you're in the kingdom of God, you got to change the way you think. Your power now, your success now is not in your abilities apart from God. You got to realize that if I am going to be successful in life, it has to be in him. So here Paul, here Paul, as he's addressing this church here in Colossians, 
Paul got to the 24th and 25th verse here, the first chapter, <clears throat> Paul began to express to them his compassion and his passion. Paul said, this thing is on me. Paul said, I have been given a responsibility. And now if you understand Paul's life, and I'm not going to go through all of it, but if you understand Paul's life, Paul understood that his calling was a route of responsibility. Okay. So a route of responsibility. And Paul said, now, Paul said, when, when, when I, I look at you all, when I, when I see the heart of God, you see, because when I look at you, I look at you also uh, uh, in comparison to the heart of God. Okay. And Paul said, when I, I look at you all, I, 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 I understand what God wants for you. I understand the heart of God. I understand the mentality of the kingdom. If you understand Paul, if you read Paul, Paul understood kingdom life. And Paul said, I understand the mentality of the kingdom. I also understand where you are. But Paul said, I want you to understand something now. It is my plight as a minister, as a servant of God, to bring you to the place that you understand some things that have happened in your lives. I'm just going to ask you this question. I'm not going to ask you to say anything to anybody. But I'm just going to ask you this question. Do you understand what happened to you at salvation? One of the problems in the body of Christ is the fact that we have not really gotten a good understanding of what happened to us at salvation. We're saved and we're on our way to heaven and we got God on our side. God now is going to bless me. God is now going to meet my needs in all of those things. But we don't really understand the true essence of the salvation experience. Come on. Paul said, that's my plight, Paul. Paul, when Paul got to the 27th verse, Paul said, I, I, I got to get you to understand something. And, and, and Paul called it a mystery. Paul called it a mystery. <laughs> and Paul said, this mystery is something that your natural mind cannot comprehend. He said, but you got to get to the place that you understand this mystery, which is what? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, there's so much in that statement that we'll gloss over in Christ in me, the hope of glory. I got Jesus in me, the Jesus in me, love the Jesus in me. And that's good, but there's so much more inside of that statement that we have not embraced for our lives. Christ in me. The hope of glory at the salvation experience. I didn't just punch my ticket for heaven. 
also received the power of God resting and abiding in my life. Come on. Christ in me. The hope of glory. Paul said you got to understand that. You got you to understand the essence of that. I'm going to hurry, hurry through here. <laughs> Paul. Mm, 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 mm. Paul was so locked in to what God had ordained for him. Let me show you something. When Paul began to address his charge and challenge from God, You'll find a lot of that in Ephesians, the third chapter, the first through the fourth verse, and then on through, because you, you, all of the Ephesians 3 tells about it. Paul said, if you understand the dispensation of the grace of God that was given unto me. Okay, now I'm not going to go inside of that, but I just want you to understand where Paul is here. Paul said, if you understand the calling, that's on my life. Paul said, when I look at the body of Christ, Paul said, when I look at believers, Paul said, I can see the heart of God for you. Paul said, I got to get you to the place that you recognize the power and the essence of what God has done in your life. Paul said, I got to get all men to see. You got to get to see this. You got to see it. Because if you don't see it, you're going to walk around like a, 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 a bat in a china closet. You're, 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 just, you're, you're, you're going after this and you're going after that and you're going after the other. But until you begin to see the heart of God, you'll find yourself drifting listlessly in the body of Christ every now and then honoring God but struggling. Because you haven't learned how to tap into the power source that is in you. Come on. Paul said, I got to get you to see. You got to see this. You got to see it. You got to see that your life is more than you just being a, 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 a naturally successful. You got to see this. You got to see that coming to church on Sunday morning is more than just me coming to church to have a good time. I'm coming to hear God. I'm coming to be enlightened concerning what the will of God is for my life. Come on. You gotta see this. You gotta see it. There are a whole 
there are a whole lot of patterns. There are a whole lot of patterns that's out there. Okay. There are a whole lot of patterns that's out there. Okay, I got you, Peter. There are a whole lot of patterns that's out there. Okay. That are even in the church. That are strategically designed by Satan to keep your focus away from the heart of God. Do you realize that 60, 70, 80% of the folk that come to church on Sunday morning don't have a clue as it relates to what God wants to do with their lives? Come on. Paul said, I got to get you all to see this. I got to get you to see. Because if you don't see, you rely on your own abilities. You rely on your own intellect. And when things are not going that fits inside of your ability to handle, you'll be knocked out. What did Paul tell the church of Philippi? In Philippians, the fourth chapter, Paul said, be careful for what? Nothing. That sounds good, but how many times we tell ourselves that sounds good, but you know that that's that's not a reality. That I'm not supposed to be careful or worried about anything. Anything? I mean, you 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 know. I mean, come on, God. You know, you know, you 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 know. I I I know I'm a child of God, but I I, I am in human flesh. Come on, let me show you Shabaka. Paul said, the reason why I can challenge you there is because when you understand what happened to you at salvation, you'll understand that I don't have to worry about anything. I don't care what it is. Yes, Peter tells us uh, that we are to what cast what all of our cares on him. Why? Because he cares for us. But because we don't understand that, we have not embraced the reality of what has happened to us at salvation. You, you know, we, we're, we're struggling. Child, I, I need you to pray for me. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to make it. You, you, you know, There are times that I would need you to pray for me. But I don't ever want to get to the place, Pastor, that I would let those words come out of my mouth. I don't believe I can make it. Come on. Because for me to utter those words out of my mouth would be to totally dismiss the power of God that's in me. Come on. How is it that me, a son of God, 
that have the power of God living in me, the understanding of God, the knowledge of God, the wisdom of God in me. How is it that me having the power of God in me to conclude that because of a situation in my life, I can't make it? Where is God? I can say like Elijah said, maybe he's gone on a journey. Maybe he's asleep. My Bible said he never sleeps. He ain't gone on a journey because he said, I'll always be with you. Come on. But if I haven't really embraced that, y'all, 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 come on. If I haven't embraced that, what I'll find myself doing, I'll become a situational Christian. What do you mean, Bishop, a situational Christian? <laughs> my actions and my reactions will always be based on the situation that I'm facing. And once the situation comes, once I've assessed the situation based on my ability, that's how I'll react or respond. Hmm. I wonder how many situational believers we have in the room. But child, you just don't know. You, 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 I, I hear you, but you don't know what I'm going through. You, you don't know what they're doing in my life. I don't care what they're doing in your life. As a believer, your response always should be one of righteousness and holiness. Come on. We never have an excuse Amen. To find ourselves outside of the boundaries of righteousness and holiness. Why? Because the culture of the kingdom is righteousness and holiness. The Bible said the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. What? In the Holy Ghost. That's the culture of the kingdom. And anytime I find myself outside of that, that means I've allowed my mindset and my mentality to take me inside of directions that are contrary to kingdom mentality. Let me go on. Let, let's go on. And I'm going to read because I, I got to close. Let's go to the second chapter of Colossians. Colossians 2 and 6, my scripture text. Look at what Paul here says to the church at Colossians. And if, if this had been something that had been challenged to us from the beginning, we'll find ourselves much further in God. Look at what Paul said. Paul said, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus. Do what? Walk ye in him. I love playing with words. And when I look at that scripture, Brother Sean, I look at the first part of that scripture, as you have therefore received. Can anybody remember when you got saved? Anybody? I want to see your hands. Can anybody remember when you got saved? Can you remember the attitude and the mentality that you had when you got saved? 
God, I, I, I want you. I need you. God, God, uh, 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 this life is, is not what's producing. What I, God, I, 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 I need you. Okay. As you have received, therefore, the Lord Jesus, walk ye what? In him. Don't abort or abandon that mentality that you had. You remember that mentality of desperation? Oh, my God. I remember when I got saved, y'all. I remember when I got saved, I was messed up. And when I got saved, oh, my God, I was so desperate for God. God, I, I need you. God, life has really uh, thrown me a whole lot of curves and, and beaten me up. And God, I need you. God, I understand that you, God, are the one that have the power to give me purpose in life. So, God, I'm willing to let everything go. I'm willing to let everything just be given away, God, so that I can receive you, God, and whatever it is that you want out of my life life but how quick do we abandon that mentality <laughs> the bible tells us and god help me to bring this in the bible tells us in colossians the third chapter the first verse says if you then be what risen with christ do what? Seek those things which are above and not those things are, uh, that are on the earth. And I'm, I'm trying to take you someplace now because that's a mentality. If you then be risen with Christ, if you then are born again a believer, God said, now change your sight line. Instead of looking for things in the earth to satisfy you, God said, change your sight line now to the things that are above. What has happened to much of the church is at salvation, our sight line was directed to things and stuff. God saved you so he can bless you. God saved you so you can be the head and not the tail. God saved you so that he can do this for you and so that he can do that for you. So consequently, my walk with God now is not God seeking what your will is for my life, but my walk with God now is seeking what you can do for me next. And he said, change your sight line. Look at somebody to change your sight line. Seek those things which are above and not those things that are on the earth. Set your affections. He go on before, further than say seek. He, he says set your affections, your desires, your appetite. Start desiring the things of God. Does that mean that you don't have an appetite for things of the earth? No, it does not mean that. But what it does mean that now I establish priorities in my life. Priority in my life says the things of God are more important than the things of the earth. So I'm going to set my affections. God, I desire you more than anything. I desire to please you more than anything. I desire to honor you more than anything. 
And whenever I move to that position, God know how to take care of those things that concerns me. The Bible says in Matthew the sixth chapter, says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and what? All of these things will be added unto you. Uh, go back to Colossians the sixth chapter, second chapter. It says, "As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk ye in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith." You know what? That takes conscientious time. Okay. Oh, I've been saved for 40 years. Are you rooted and grounded in him? That takes conscientious time and effort. Okay. You don't get rooted in God just because you come to church. Come on. You're not established in the faith, the way of life. That God has ordained for the believers just by coming to church. You got to spend that time with God. You got to have your personal encounters with God separate and apart from the congregation in the church. You got to be able to pull yourself away from everybody else and say, God, it's just me and you, God. It's just me and you, God. I want to know you. Paul said, I want to know him. Paul said, when I addressed my life and I looked at those things that I had obtained, Paul said, I, I've, I've a, I'm a man that have everything that I need to boast about. But Paul said, when I look at them inside of the context of God, he said, none of those things mean nothing to me. He said, I count them all but dumb that I may understand by shot. This power now that works in me. Paul said, that I may know him. The ninth verse, Philippians, the second chapter. Paul said, that I may know him. I mean, they want to know him. Bishop, lay hands on me. I want to know God. I can lay hands on you that God will stir up your spirit so that you can get to know him. But my laying on hands on you does not make you know God. Come on. You got to spend that time with God. You got to understand. That I have in me now everything I need in order to honor God. Being established in the truth, in the faith. Then it goes on to say, beware, be on the lookout, be alert, be vigilant. Lest any man spoil you through what? Philosophy, those things that sound good. 
and vain deceit after the rudiments or the, the teaching, the fundamental teachings of men. Now here Paul is talking to the church now. He ain't just talking to folk out there that's trying to get saved. He's talking to folk that are believers. He said, beware. Beware. Because if you're not alert in your walk with God and get to know God, there are going to be philosophies and, and things that are going to be infiltrating the church that will take you off course. Come on. And let me show you something. It will take you off course even in light of what you're listening at. Because if I give attention more to what's happening out there than what's happening in here, I could be drawn off. Oh, Shabbat The ninth verse says this, for in him, in Christ, dwells what? All the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Everything that God is, he took it and he put it in Christ. Everything, everything that God is, he took it and put it in that body. I'm talking about that human body, Christ, the son of man. In him dwell all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Now that is where a lot of us stop there because when we start addressing our walk with God, we said that was him. Sure, he was God in the flesh. So sure, he wasn't going to yield to the things that was presented to him. That's a trick of the enemy. Because we leave that next verse out. It says, and you, look at your, point your finger at somebody, and you, Point your finger at him. Say, you are complete in him. Because I have him on the inside, Peter. I have in me the fullness of the Godhead bodily living in me. And the same way that Jesus was able to entertain life and still honor God, the same way Jesus was able to focus on purpose and still uh, uh, manipulate and maneuver him with his way inside of honoring God, the same way Jesus was able to present to the world the life that God wanted, I can do the same thing because in me also dwells. The fullness of the Godhead bodily. I am complete in him. <laughs> we don't need more God. <laughs> we need to understand how to access the God that we have. Come on. We don't need more power. Oh God, I need more power. No, you don't need more power. You need to learn how to tap into the power source that's already on the inside of you. 
The word complete, and I'm going to finish here. The word complete means to be thoroughly furnished, fully equipped, having all of the necessary parts or ingredients to accomplish a thing. I am complete in him. You ought to lift your hand and say, I am complete in him. Since I am complete, my challenge to us on today is let's walk in the completeness of what God had provided for us. Okay. Stand to your feet, everybody. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for the presence of your spirit. God, it is your spirit that directs. Your spirit that touches us. Your spirit that reveals your heart to us. I pray right now, Father, that your spirit will be released throughout this room and throughout those that are listening to this word. And that it would illuminate our hearts and our minds that we will begin to understand as believers the completeness of the work that you did for us at salvation. Mm. And as we embrace the completeness of the work that you've done for us at salvation, we will surrender ourselves to the guidance of the Holy Spirit that would teach us mm how to operate inside of this completeness. God, we have in us, according to your word, everything we need to honor you. God, we attack. We challenge every mindset right now that have decided to remain in a place that is not in accordance to your will. That we would really begin to understand your power that is in us. And as we lift our hands before you today, lift your hands, as we lift our hands before you today, God, we make a statement that we are willing to surrender to the power that is on the inside of us. Your word said, for it's not by power nor by might, but what by your spirit. We surrender to it, Lord.
with those hands lifted, so Lord, have your way in me. Grow me up in you. Grow me up in you. And we thank you for it, Lord. Come on, somebody, put those hands together and tell the Lord, thank you. That's it. Come on, tell him, thank you. Look at somebody and tell us that I am complete in him. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Mm. Let's, let's, let's give ourselves over to God. How many of you want to maximize the purpose of God for your lives. How many, how many of you want to maximize the purpose of God? I only got three people that want to maximize the purpose of God. Okay. You already have in you the ability to do that. Just learn how to surrender to it. Take some time to discover what you have on the inside. And as you discover it, yield to it. We had an awesome service here on yesterday. Awesome service. And inside of the service, the man of God was challenging us as it relates to how to release our gifts. And you know what many of you were doing? You were tapping into what's already in you. Okay. You know, sometimes we, we walk and say, I can't do that. Or I can't do that. Or I can't do the other. And because of the challenge that was presented before you on yesterday, you began to understand that, okay, there's something in me that I haven't really learned how to tap into yet. Come on. As you continue to tap in to that power source, you become more perfected inside of your ability to manifest it. Okay. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Ask God, God, order my steps. Order my steps in you, God. I want to honor you. I want to please you. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. All right, let me finish because I'll just keep on. Praise God. Are you blessed today? You that are online, I want you to be blessed. I want you to embrace the truth of God that he spoke to us on today. And if any of you that are on this call on this morning that are not saved, I want you to make a decision in your heart that God, I'm ready to surrender my life to the Lord. Because without him, I have no power. Without him, I am already defeated. But with him, 
I have all the power of heaven working with me. If you're one of those this morning that's ready and willing to surrender your life to him, I want you to repeat this after me. And even if those of you ready to hear that are in this position, I want you to repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life into your hands right now. I want, God, everything that you have for me to dwell in me. Save me, Lord. Save me, God. As I yield to you, take control of my life. Forgive me for my sins. Wash me in your blood. And I yield my life into your hands right now. In the name of Jesus. And I receive you in my heart right now. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, put those hands together for the Lord, everybody. We know that you were blessed by today's message. We have to not only be listeners of the word of God, but also doers. To find out what your next steps may be, simply go to ofhorangeburg.com forward slash next. Come again next week where we will make sure you have a place to find God.